Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. Welcome back to the Hardwater Fishing Show. We are alive. It is season five, episode 12. It is the fifth week of January, 2022. There's a lot of twos in that. There is a lot of twos. And our topic tonight is random. We're just going to talk about a lot of random stuff. We're going to talk about the tournament. We're going to talk about um, something that we'll probably already be at by the time this episode comes out, and that's the Hardwater Freaks event. And then we're going to talk about pan, pan fish. fish and sunfish, sunfish and putting a hook on a minnow on a hook, and then whatever else we wander around to. So it's the episode <laughs> of randomness tonight. It's, it's that Beatles song, "The Long and Winding Road." The Long and Winding Road, <laughs> and one of us has to think of an ice fishing legend by the time we get to the end of the episode. Uh, I got one, Jay. Yes. It happened last weekend. Yes. I mean, it, it. You get some legends. Is this when the you're one you told there. me about the other night? Yeah. Okay, I think that's that's a good one. That'll work. Okay, moving forward, I've got some good news. Can I share my good news? Yeah, is this beer good it news? Is. Oh, sweet, yes, beer good news. So I wandered um, east over the weekend and ended up in outside of Chicago, and so I was able to procure some old style. Yeah, so I, I wasn't going to come home without it. <laughs> bought a, I got a weird look at the I think bought a case of it at the gas station at like nine in the morning with a cup of coffee. <laughs> so old style, it established nineteen oh two. All right. I think you might have did you open this thing already, no. Jay? Oh, okay. It goes well with the Chinese buffet I had for supper tonight. Somehow I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> I might be sleeping on a couch by the end of the night. We'll see. <laughs> I have um, at Castle Danger Brewery, which I've had. I got a variety pack, so there's different kinds. Well, that's fancy, right? Which is always good. Yeah, I know. So this specific brew is called Turned Up Good. It's got a really cool logo. It's like colorful, and it is a double Indian Pale Ale. So to Jason, that would be double carpet. Double carpet. Double carpet. Like Berber. <laughs> it's like Berber. <laughs> Shag, shag carpets. Oh, God. <laughs> so I don't have a story or anything, but all right. So we're going to crack this open and try it out. It's awesome, actually. I love it. I mean, I would probably gag. <laughs> it has like, it's not as, it, it's not as hoppy as some IPAs, which is interesting because of the double IPA, you would think it'd be hoppier. But like it's all not. the IPAs. All the IPAs, double Indian pale ale. So that's good. <laughs> I would recommend it if you see it. I, I'm guessing I've never seen this one before, and I'm guessing it's not that common. So it, it's good. Ooh, 8.5% alcohol. We, we better get this show done fast. You'll be <laughs> singing songs. It's it's a heavy duty for a 12 ounce yeah, beer. That's, that is, that, that's, 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 uh, that's a solid one. Wow. I didn't see that. Well, maybe that's why it turned up good. I don't know. It's turned up like to eight point five. I I did see once. 
I had this beer once. It was called 1050 because it was 10.5% alcohol. Holy cow. But 8.5 is pretty up there. So that's, that's like, you know, when you're, when you are at a, out at an establishment and you're, you know, you're buying beers, these, these, all these craft brews, you, if you're in the driver's seat, you certainly want to pay attention to that because it's not like a Coors Light where you, and, you know, you can kind of count on what you're Yes, doing. <laughs> they definitely are more potent. This is probably two Coors Lights and one 12-ounce can if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, you have two of them in an hour, and you you better not be driving. Don't take advice from me, but I would I would think, take the safe way and don't drive when you've been drinking a couple of those. Absolutely. I would agree completely. So, uh, Jason, patrons. Patron. Yeah, we've, we've uh, Rich is a return patron at the top level, Ice Fishing Legend. Thank you so much for your support. And we talked about Rich on the last episode too, but yeah, that's awesome to have Rich back as a patron and he's on the uh, Discord channel and I sent him off a hat today. So Very cool. Mm-hmm. We got to get that Zoom call scheduled. Oh yeah, we do have a Zoom call that we have not scheduled you know, yet, so we will get get that on the calendar. I was thinking we should do it this weekend, but we're going to be busy. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to squeeze it in. Well, I, we might not have internets. And, Oh yeah, the internet could be tough too. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Be a lot of people on that lake that may not that the one whatever cell phone tower lives there might not be ready for. So thank you to all of our patrons, um, not just Rich, but thank you, Rich, and uh, you know you guys help support the show and pay for the costs. So thank you. Uh, show business. So you can use our Amazon affiliate link that helps the show. We get a little bit of funds for that, so please use that. Uh, you can order some hardware merch off of Redbubble is what we use during the year. You can grab sweat, sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, all that kind of stuff. Best place to interact with us is on, on social media is Instagram and Facebook. And you can find our website, hardwatershow.com. We have a YouTube page that, I mean, Jason's got to have been to by now. I wandered there the other day by accident. I was looking for... Uh... Um, I've been watching more YouTube videos lately. Some JMO Outdoors stuff. Some of the other ones. I've I've been actually kind of geeking out on some of those lately. Getting ready for our Devil's Lake trip. I've been kind of watching the. Yeah, I was inspired for our our sunfish thing when they they had a angler buzz or mm-hmm. they had a, a video out there about sunfish and it was cool. They had a. We'll talk about that coming up. So. Yeah, I've been like doing a lot of stop frame on the on the North Dakota Devil's Lake ones and like, hey, what are you using? What's the lure? <laughs> what color? I know. Well, I'm excited to try out those uh, Rogers rigs with the perch yeah. stuff. So yeah, that's I'm gonna try. I might try them this weekend. We'll see. I will too, for sure. I don't. I haven't got mine yet, but I just ordered. I've them. got some. Good. I can steal. I'll yours. run them to you. Awesome. All right. Uh, you can email us at hardwatershow at gmail Lots of people do. Thanks for your pictures. And so that's show business. Uh, no fact checks this week. We had a lot of fact checks last week, so we must have been. Yeah, I don't know what that so means. Does that mean we're we're getting more accurate, or people aren't? I don't think we're more accurate. Okay. I think people just don't. They have gave time up. To Maybe they gave up us. on us. <laughs> Doesn't help. We tell them all the time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Current news and events. So Jason, Hardwater Freaks event this weekend. I'm excited. We're we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to stay out on the ice. We're going to. Hopefully catch some fish. We're going to do some uh, interviewing of some folks. Um, my goal is to collect some, a bunch of fish stories that we can can interject into the podcast for years to come, maybe. Or who knows, maybe even a whole episode of fish stories. That'd be Wouldn't cool. Wouldn't that be fun? That's been a dream of yours for it a while. It has. It has. 
only limited by my lack of focus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be there in Wisconsin at Lake Pentawell, or how do you say that, Jay? Peterwell. I don't know. Yeah. Peatonwell. Yeah. Peatonwell. Peatonwell. There you go. So we'll be there. We'll see you there if you're going to be there. There's. I watched uh, a YouTube video. Uh, it was a JMO Outdoors deal, and they were catching walleyes on a lake out there in Wisconsin, just south of that lake, Okay. that had a very specific night bite. So they actually set up tip-ups at dusk and ran tip-ups half the night for walleye. How did they see the tip-ups? They had the blue lake? tips and oh, the, and the light, the lighted ones. So they just sat out. Gotcha. It showed them sitting out. Now they probably, I don't know, they look kind of frosty. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, it, but the night bite caught my attention. I saw a couple. I I watched a couple videos too. So people caught fish. So hopefully we can look like them. Only better. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm catching a fish, I don't really care how I look. I just <laughs> want to catch a fish. So <laughs> agreed. So that that'll be fun. That's a kind of big news this is like one of our first events we've actually been to right? yeah i mean we... yeah where we've actually gone out in public other than we've wandered around like the saint paul ice fishing show yes um, yes but usually we hide behind the microphones so this is different no more hiding well we'll have a microphone we'll hide behind it <laughs> we, we, we will we will it we're it will be a little more public we're still not doing much live though we don't trust ourselves live we no, need to build it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason needs to put me to work and make sure I'm at it. Absolutely. It keeps him keeps him busy. Out of trouble. The next big news, this is a first for us too, the fish donkey tournament, Jay. This thing is popping. So we've got I don't know, twenty five people in the tournament. A little over a little that. Over that's yeah, growing. Right and it can continue to grow. You can still enter, right, Jeff? It, it, yeah, you can enter till I think the last day. Um, I mean I would say the largest northern is isn't that a category? Yeah, yeah, we should go through the yeah, leaderboard. Yeah, let's do that. Jay. Let's do that instead of me hopping around. What do we got? We have got Northern Pike. Nobody, nothing, nada. Wide open. If you care the smallest, you catch the smallest snot rocket that is in the lake and put it on here, you will be getting some hard water fishing show swag. And we ha- we haven't totally decided yet what we're giving away. We're going it, to, but it'll be cool. I mean, it might be a hat. It might be a fish towel. We're kind of we're working on so we're working on it. Largest walleye, Jeff, fourteen and a half, fourteen and a quarter. Yeah, fourteen quarter, which is a a great eater. It's a good eater. Yeah, I mean, fourteen and a quarter is a nice fish, but certainly, certainly beatable. Certainly beatable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a thirty incher. Oh, and that so, is I got a thirty um, incher. I, I I might pack it up. Shane, <laughs> but it's... Shane, Shane is our our leader. Now, crappie, crappie's been the hot category. Holy cow! Yeah, if I was going to enter a, a category, this is the most competitive category Absolutely. We have right now. Yeah, this one's a brawl. This is a brawl. So we've got a Chad's in first place with a total of forty three and a half inches of three with three fish. So so put that in perspective, Jay. Three fish, a stringer, three crappies. So 15. 14 and a half. And a 14. Holy cow. That is a really good day of fishing. Really good day. Oh, heck yeah. Day I've never had in my life. No, no, not on crappies. Heck no. That's like usually your average walleye day. And and even Adam at second place here, 
12 and 11s. I mean, those are 12, 11, almost 12 and 11 and a half. Yeah. I mean, those. 35 and a quarter for his three. And then third place, Dan, uh, 33 inches for his three. He's got three nice fish. Ian, Ian, our our buddy Ian, he's on the board too. They're in fourth. So he was leading it. I know. He's got to get back out there, Ian. So we have seven entries into this category. So it's pretty competitive. It is. It's been fun to watch. We get to measure the fish, and we've learned a few things about measuring. Just seeing the release videos and stuff, it's pretty cool. I think we're going to post a few out here eventually. So, Sunfish entries really are, are starting to kick, too. Oh, we've yeah. We've got yep. um, a number of those. Some nice nice panfish there. Yeah, we got Dan in first place. Yep. He's got a 9 and a quarter, a 9 and an 8 and 8.75, so... And let's see, then we've got Jesse in second with 26 inches. Um, Tamara in third place. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. So, and then we actually have a stringer of trouts. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if we maybe should have just done one trout because I guess maybe we, we're not huge trout fishermen. I know, so maybe I know. one trout versus a stringer of trout. I don't know. But, maybe just largest but, trout. Well, some people catch them little stock jobbers, though, too, you know, that are. Yeah. The brookies and stuff, they don't get real big. So if someone had three lake trout on there, that'd be a. <laughs> like <laughs> three, four feet, five feet of fish or something. So our. our, our yeah, folks, Chad's on here and he has this. Beautiful fish. I mean, yeah. he has a release picture. It's like, I mean, just an awesome looking trout. It's like orange, what red down the middle. What would you call it? Yeah. I, so let me look. I don't have it up. Beautiful fish. Up. Beautiful. Fish. Yeah, I don't. I only have an eight box of crayons. I don't know what color that is. It's like reddish. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I mean, very pretty oh, yeah. fish. Like, I mean, I I am pretty much a walleye fisherman most of the time, and I think they're pretty fish, but. That trout is, yeah, I got to admit, it's prettier fish than a walleye. So we, we um, our folks from out east that listen to us up there in that Maine and Vermont and, and up, upstate New York, they got to get on the on the work on these trout. Yeah, they're, they're, I actually think we get more people sending us trout pictures than we do other fish because they're all over. We get them from, like, Wyoming and from out east and all over the place. I mean, we got from some... South Korea, our first or second year. I mean, they, they they're ever yeah, and there's but they're so rare. Like, and the seasons are so tight in the Midwest where we live, so that I think we appreciate those pictures because it's not something we see every day. Everybody you can still get in. It's five dollars each category. We're giving away a first prize as some hard water swag. It's it's a mostly for fun tournament, right? It I is. Mean, it's just for our listeners to engage with them. It's it's pretty low key and pretty low cost. Yeah, we're just we, we want to see your fish pictures. We want to you know see that release video or and uh, maybe even a story attached if you got a great story. So looking forward to them. Uh huh. It's been a fun part, but it's kept us busy. We've been busy with. I this. think we're getting better <laughs> at it. I mean, after it, yeah. at first you're kind of. I like looking at them on my computer because I can blow it up real big and and check the check the measurements and stuff and can see the fish. So we're certainly getting there. I couldn't imagine though having like a tournament with a thousand people in it. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> you need to quit your job and just look at fish pictures all day, which isn't a bad. Which isn't, which terrible. isn't terrible. I like to look but, at fish pictures. Yeah, but man. You know, it is nice that we have this technology now that we can do this. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's no way I would ever put. It would be so much work to put on an actual physical f- fish tournament. Yeah. I mean, and 
you know, our listeners are so spread out all over the world. You know, it it just. But this is a great way to do it. We don't impact negatively any sort of any fishery, and we can judge fish without you know sitting in our recliners. Yep, that's what we do. <laughs> or maybe at a softball game or, or a, whatever. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Stuff like that. Uh, flag football game. That's what I was at. It wasn't softball. I don't know how you guys do all that stuff outside in the winter. Oh, we have domes. There's domes I don't know now, what that is. We don't have those. It's like a like an inside covered area that's warm. Oh, like a barn. It's so <laughs> this is pretty common now. There's a bunch of them. I don't know if it's common around the country, but so there's a football field, right? And there's a track around it. So they put a dome over the football field, basically. Like a big bubble. Holy cow. And then you can play sports. Okay. All year round. Yeah, they didn't have that when I was a kid. Ah, uh, they didn't have it when I was a kid either. They they gave they gave me a helmet that everybody in the team used and a bat that everybody in the team used. And I brought my own glove and we went out and played. That's what I mean, you did. They, they, yeah. That's what we did. Yep. You didn't have your own helmet, no. you didn't have your own bat. You just had a glove and you went and played. Yep. So today there's a little more It's very different. Very different. But that doesn't sound like fishing. Nope. We move so. moving on from school sports. Northwest Angle, it's open. I didn't know they were going to open it again this year because the the Canada border is open, right? For, but you, you've experienced this, right? You have to have a negative test and vaccinated, and there's some rules, right? It is. It's not without its hassle, for sure. When I went up there, I had and I did, you know, you had to get a test, PCR test, and sometimes that's difficult to do and get it back, and then you're like hoping you get it back, and then I got there and I still had to do one at the border, and I had to like stop and I made sure I had cell phone reception. I had to like video chat with some nice lady in Jamaica, I think. And she had to watch me stick the thing in my nose and not, yeah, it was a hassle. So would I rather drive an ice road? Maybe. The price went up last year. It was, I want to say like 125. It's 250 now to use the ice road. That's not insignificant. No. Yep. Last year it was a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It is 37 miles long, so somebody has to maintain a 37-mile ice road so it, you understand yeah. the short window. Um, if you want to go to the Northwest Angle but don't want to deal with what Jason just described, you can pay 250 and take the road. Absolutely. So options. It's good to have options. Good to have options. And I think there was like a season pass option too. Like you could just pay. It was more than 250 I don't remember what it was. But, you know, if you were like local or we're going to go up there a bunch. So check it out. I, I, I actually think it would be cool to drive on that. I know Dave, Northwoods Dave, was on it last year and said it was pretty cool. But I'm game. I'm still game to do it. Yeah, but it's not going to happen this year for That's us. That's what we said last not year. Not for me. It's hard to fit everything in in that short I know. ice fishing window. I know it is. I mean, there's only so much time. <laughs> it is a really short window. And then you throw you throw Christmas and New Year's and all that. But we had a question. From somebody who I can't find their name right now, uh, of what type of line to use for lake sturgeon? So I was not qualified to answer this question. We are not. Did you phone? Did you call a person? I phoned a friend. Okay. So you remember a few episodes ago we had Erica Mm -hmm. from from Women Anglers of Minnesota, and she talked a lot about fishing for lake sturgeon. So I sent her an email. She was on episode seven, and she said. She uses a hundred pound Power Pro. That's what you use for Lake Surgeon. Holy crap! You could use that for like anchor line too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I looked it up, and um, 
Amazon didn't have a lot. I usually use Amazon links because, you know, we get a little, you know, it goes through our link, but they didn't have good stuff there. So um, she suggested that Joe's Sporting Goods, if you're in the Twin Cities area, which a few of our listeners are, probably not everybody has it, but you can find other places, but um, it was about 30 bucks. Okay. So for a spool of this stuff. So that's what you recommend if you're going to go sturgeon fishing, get a spool of 100 pound Power Pro and you will be able to catch sturgeon. Well, if you catch one, you'll at least be able to bring him in, I would think. That's right. You have to drill like a bunch of holes to get it through the heist and that kind of thing. So and maybe we need a sturgeon episode. I don't know. We should try that next year, do some sturgeon fishing. I think we should because that's not something I've ever done. And we kind of know somebody that does it. So maybe we'll we'll ask Erica if she'd take us out or something. I know that's, so. that's probably our best bet versus just, <laughs> I, I don't know. She made it sound like we just show up with a ball of worms. Ball of crawlers. That's right. So she did it since I was talking to her. She sent us a picture. She went out for trout opener in Minnesota, which is different. Um, I think it might be January 1st, but check your regs. I'm not the expert on this. And she caught a 16-inch brook trout. So she sent a picture, and it's really pretty. It's a brook trout. So it's in the notes there, Jay. So put that out there. But Very cool. Erica sent that. So, yeah. That's a really nice-looking fish, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's spotted and brook trout. Um, I would you know it's a pretty fish. Let's see, had a fishing report in here. Yeah, so uh, Jared from sent us some just sent us an email with a fishing report from Lake of the from Zippo Bay. He's you know as usual Lake of the Woods, Zippo Bay and Lake of the Woods uh, caught ten sauger and two walleyes and a twenty four inch walleye. That's a nice that's a and, nice uh, nice couple of days fishing. Yeah, it's just Lake of the Woods is so it's good. It's been like on that. fire I, this I mean, this week. I or this this year. I haven't heard a lot yeah. of like, oh, we went up there and it sucked kind of reports. It's been pretty solid. You have to go to Malax for those kind of reports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and speaking of the trout episode, which seems like what we're in, Jake sent us a picture of a trout that he caught. It was twenty incher. Yeah, it's like twenty twenty one. Yeah. It's fat though. I'm gonna call. I don't know. I am. I do not know my trout. It's a pretty trout. I don't know what kind of trout that is. It's a trout. <laughs> it's a trout. Yes. I don't. It's I'm not good on it. I think it's. Uh, is it a trout? We're gonna have to name this episode. Jeff and Jason don't know how don't to know what trout. trout look like. It's a trout of some sort. Lake trout. I'm going to call it a lake trout. I should give one other fishing report. So uh, one of my neighbors sent me a picture. He was on Lake Winnipeg this weekend. Oh, wow. And he was holding a 30-inch walleye. <sighs> walleye or the greenback version? Well, it's a walleye. That's just what they call it. Okay. But it's a giant walleye. I looked at it and went, it looks like a fake picture. That's how big wow. it was. Lake Winnipeg, if you want to go all the way up there. Um, someday, Jason. So now we've got sturgeon. Ice Road and Lake Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg I mean, needs got... to be a hard water invitational trip. Yeah, I think so. Next year. You think next year? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see how this year goes. This might be a repeat, but we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We're kind of keeping this year under wraps. We are. We're going to we? keep that under wraps until it happens, and we'll report. We have a big trip coming, and it's, it's going to have some surprises. It will. I mean, we have... Kind of two topics that you and I wanted to talk about, right, Jay? We did. You want to go first? So you are going to talk about hooking 
a minnow, mm-hmm. and, and I am going to talk about sunfish. A Dramatic bit. pause there, friend. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Hooking a minnow, okay. and I'm going to talk about sunfish. Okay, you go. Oh, I think you should go first. You want me to? Oh, I'm not ready yet. Okay, well then I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I got to pull I, up my document. Then, okay. I watched this video on Angling Buzz about sunfish, and I don't sunfish enough. I don't panfish enough, but they are really pretty fish. And honestly, it's where I started. Like, I started, when I was a kid, you caught sunfish. That's what we caught all the time. I mean, that's what I started. I would go to a sunfish lake, and you could usually catch them from shore. But um, they had uh, Scott McAthoon on from the Minnesota DNR, and he went through and talked about how to identify different sunfish in Minnesota. And there are other kinds of sunfish, but these are the ones that are most common in Minnesota. And I didn't, to me, a sunfish was a sunfish. Like I never, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard people call it pumpkin seeds and stuff, but I never, I don't know. I didn't know how to tell the difference after this video. And he, it was cool in the video because he would tell you about them and he had a bucket full of fish, not full of fish. He had a few fish in a bucket. And he'd pull the fish out and show you on the fish. Oh, that's kind of cool. So that was really cool. So the video, I will put a link to the video on our on our on the show notes, so you can watch it because it's it's pretty cool. And he's from the DNR, so you know he's a lot more uh, reliable than you or I and fish identification. Probably, as we yeah. just proved with trout. <laughs> so so here is the breakdown. So in Minnesota, there are in the video he said three, but on the DNR site they they list did four different uh, sunfish and then there's like a fifth bonus type. So the first type is what we would always talk about, which is the bluegill. And he talked they talked about the easiest way and on the DNR website they show this too. The you know where the the gill comes to a point? They called it like the ear flap. It's not really an ear, I don't think. You know, it's like just where their their gill yeah, I know exactly. Comes. At the end of the gill plate. At the end of the gill, like, you know, there's their head, mm-hmm. and then there's, it almost looks like a triangle, yeah. right? It comes to a point. And on there, it's black. So if if it's just black, that's a bluegill. Okay. That little spot. So that is one of the most common types of sunfish. And they're, they get a little bigger, right? So if you're going to get a bigger fish, it's going to be a bluegill or a pumpkin seed. Okay. The other kind are smaller. So the second type of sunfish is a pumpkin seed. And really the difference is that same exact ear flap spot has an orange in it. Okay. So I always thought it was like how the belly was colored, you know, like the front of it, but it's not. It's that little the little the little spot. Some of those really have a bright orange belly though. They do, but they said they focused on that that tip of the the ear flap they call it even though it's not an ear but where where you can imagine so that's that's how they said it'll be an orange spot okay and again i'll post the link to the dnr site that kind of goes through more detail it's and the third type is a green sunfish which are smaller and more drab so they're just smaller and they they're a lot of people use there wasn't anything about the bait yeah i don't think that's legal no it is in iowa i think for um for catfish and stuff Okay, it's not here. Yeah, Minnesota's not. So. Check your local regs as always. Regs get down to the lake sometimes. They do. So really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and then this is one they didn't list in the Angling Buzz video, but it was on the DNR website. 
and they have orange spotted sunfish. It's said the smallest and most. I've colorful. seen those. Those are amazing. Yeah, so they're pretty cool. And then there is the hybrid, which is just a mix of one or the you know two of the other kinds that are above. They stock some of those in ponds. You can get them for your ponds. And the interesting thing that I didn't know is they said a hybrid fish grows way faster than a, I guess a purebred fish is what you'd call it. <laughs> and and it's a very common thing in biology where they have, um, in genetics, they call it vigor or heterosis, that for some reason when you mix two species together, and I don't know if species is the right word, it's probably not subspecies. I mean, they're both subfish. But when you mix them together, they grow faster than one or the other would. Mm-hmm. So, like some of the the hybrids, I think they stock in ponds down here. Are like they can't reproduce. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong in that. It's been a while since I've talked to anybody about that. But that would make sense that why you would stock hybrids, right? Because they get bigger. Yeah, and they, they get they bigger stock faster them for for fun, and you buy them at the fleet farm in the spring. That's cool. Chuck them into your pond, and you know, in a couple of years, you've got fish your kids can catch. So you're saying that I could, in theory, have a pond in my backyard and just go fishing in it? And catch you could, fish. but it wouldn't be far enough away from home. <laughs> you're saying like wherever you're you're on the lake, you have to drive across the lake to catch the yep, fish? that's it. Is that that's the That's it. That's, yeah, okay. that's it. Is there a word for that? Like what's the word? Like it's required. Like. Know. The fishing is not good in front of your dock. You have to go across the lake. I don't know. I don't know. I Googled this quick. So a hybrid bluegill, we're fast growing. A two-inch finch will gain. Yeah, this, okay. Holy cow. So this is, uh, I don't know where this is at. 712? I don't know. Maybe Iowa. Yeah, this is Iowa. So a hybrid bluegill is a cross between two different types of bluegill. Is fast growing. A two-inch fish will gain three quarters of a pound between spring and fall. Whoa! The hybrid grows larger than common bluegill, reaching a weight of two and a half to three pounds. Stock your pond in the spring and catch them in the fall. They'll eat commercial feed and are fun to catch. Wow! Yeah. So I have I've fished some of these things. So so if you are such a person in Iowa that has one of these. Please call us. We would love to come and check. It out. <laughs> come fish for some of them. Yeah, they I can mean, get really know. big. They can overrun a pond, but um, wow. Yeah, they. That's the deal. So let's see. What's the price on these? If you want to buy some, put in your pond, Jeff. Um, bluegill hybrid bluegill, forty cents a piece. Huh. So there, it's that's hybrid, but they occur in natural lakes too. They, like they you don't do. have to stock yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the other interesting tidbit that I found from I was reading in the DNR page, it says a large bluegill, big enough to be no interest to bass, swim freely in open water, where the small ones, like, hide because they can get eaten. Yeah, it makes sense. I know, but it it just seemed interesting to me. Like, all the little ones are going to hide, but the big ones swim around and they, they eat tiny drifting zooplankton. But... If you're big enough, the bass isn't going to eat you, so you can swim freely. Okay. I just thought it was cool. I never thought about that, but maybe the big fish are out there in the main basin, not by the weed line. I've caught 
bluegills out like when you're trolling in deep water and you're like what are you doing out here little guy <laughs> yeah well maybe he's not such no i mean they're not why... they're not like little yeah. usually they're they're you know yeah. the good size nine inch plus panfish so and i also noticed that they're in outdoor news too there's sunfish and crappies and panfish are becoming more commonly talked about and i think it's because you know how in every sport and everything you do, you always talk about the stuff before you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we start talking about ice fishing in before there's ice, but we stop talking about ice fishing while there's still ice fishing going on, right? Like okay. the the fall and winter gear comes out in August, right? Because okay. you buy it in August to use it. So I feel like we're getting like this pre, you know, it, we're going to be fishing for panfish in Minnesota, anyways, because the walleye season. Oh, is I see what you're saying. A month, like it's it's gonna. They're starting to talk about bluegills and crappies and stuff because after after February 28th in Minnesota, there's no more walleye fishing mm-hmm. except for border lakes and stuff. So I I wonder if that's why we have seen more information come out about crappies and sunfish right now. I, you know, some of it could be because you have you do have a, it seems like a lot of people trying to get back into the sport and are back into the you know to fishing and the the bluegill uh panfish crappie is a really good way to do that it you know if you just start off targeting walleyes man unless you live in northern way northern minnesota or near one lake that has them they're just not as populated I have been fishing a lake that is known to be a walleye lake, and I haven't been doing very well lately. Yeah. All right, so that's sunfish. I am excited. I don't have a sunfish on the books, but I have a spot picked out, and I'm going to go there after the walleye closes. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that report next year. All right. Uh, hooking a minnow, <laughs> Jay. Because we'll yeah. be done probably, right? Because we probably won't be done with <laughs> we episodes. We can throw it up on year. the website, though. That'll go all year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Hooking a minnow, Jay. This topic popped up on Ice Fishing Minnesota, which is a huge message board, huge Facebook site. It was interesting to me because I think it, it's kind of an interesting topic. Like how how do you hook your minnow? Uh, and this one was this topic was particular to rattle reel and tip up. And the, the poster uh, Brian posted originally like, "Hey, I lost three fish. How do you guys do this? I'm tired of losing fish." And so I read it because, by gosh, I've sure lost my fair share of fish on tip-ups. <laughs> and so I want to know, okay, what, what's, the, what's the consensus about that? You know, how are people doing it? And like with anything with fishing, there's about, well, in this particular web thread, there's 35 different ways to do it, 35 different comments. Uh, 35 different right only ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I do like, I, you know, people... <laughs> People did a nice job on this thread. Sometimes people, um, like they just roast the guy and they don't give you any good information. People did a really nice job of like really putting wholesome answers out there. One one fellow even drew a little picture of a minnow, like drew, drew it out. Oh, Must wow. have been a boring day at work. <laughs> it has a little hook through the minnow. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. The answer I liked, I think the best for a non-quick strike rig, I'll just boil it down for everybody is they go from back to front, from the back of the dorsal in and up through the front of the dorsal, the top fin, so the minnow is just kind of hanging there, and the hook is in line with their head, so it's in line with the body. And the reasoning was that when 
a, a fish comes and takes that minnow, they often take them from the head. And that way the hook is pointed in the correct direction for the hook set. And God, gosh, that, that made a lot of sense to me. And the and it's all in line. Now, me, usually when I set my tip-ups, i got to be honest, I just kind of spear them through the middle and kind of they just kind of hang there on the hook. Um, yeah, I, I usually go 90 degrees, right? Like you're talking, yeah. you take a treble hook. You take one side of the treble hook and you go 90 degrees Nine, through the middle yep. and Call her a you're day. done. So, I mean, or even if it's not a treble, 90 degrees with one hook. And so that, you know, that's one thing I really love about doing this podcast, Jeff, is it makes me, I'm always looking for things to think about. And this was one I thought, gosh, that's, that's, that's a good idea. And then I'll talk about it on the show and then I will, um, I'll remember it. So was that consensus? Like this is the best way. So that was, that was pretty popular. Um, a lot of people were talking treble hooks, like a number four treble hook behind the dorsal fin, put it so it's a I would say that a lot of the consensus was putting it towards the head, making sure it was in line with the head. A lot of people said that the hook pointed towards the nose and head of the minnow. So that was, um, that was a really good tip. Now you told me though, when you were on Lake of the Woods, that you were actually putting two hooks through them, right? So I I was, when I, when I was on a buckshot, when I was using a buckshot and jigging, I was getting ripped off a lot. And so I talked to my uncle who was not having that. I said, Ron, how are you hooking your stinking minnow? And what he was doing is the one treble through the gill plate on the minnow and then one through the middle of the body. And so the minnow was actually kind of wrapped around that treble. It worked. It wasn't the prettiest looking presentation, um, but it certainly worked. And then I read another. This is along the minnow line, too. Oh, gosh, I'm going to screw this up, so I'm probably going to lead everybody wrong. But I l- read an article. They're used to that. I know. Jay. It's nothing new. <laughs> nothing new. I'll say it and then I'll fact check myself later. There was a. a did, I, did I talk about this already? About hooking the minnow? If you're fishing with a lure that has. This is what it was. If you're fishing with a lure that has a curve to it, like let's say like a leech flutter spoon that's got a curve, yep. a bend in it, you want to make sure that the hook, the treble is set up on that hook so that one of the hooks is pointed into the back of that curve, so on the curve side. And so on the convex side is where you want to hook the minnow. Okay. So that it falls correctly. Sure. So that was something. Well, because those flutter spoons are, the action is important. Correct. And so you have to, you might have to turn that treble hook, actually, um, is what I figured out, that the treble oh. hook doesn't always point to where that hook can be in the convex side. Um, and so you need to turn the hook, and that's where you should hook your minnow. But that that wasn't actually the topic. The topic was more like on a on a uh, tip up. How should you hook Just, the minnow? And so I believe, yeah. and I'm going to try it when we go out to Devils in Wisconsin this weekend. I'm going to do the back to front um, on top of the dorsal. Sounds awesome. And that's whether it's a single hook or a or a treble hook. So that's my that's cool. my. My tip for the day is to try that. So, Jay, I think we're off to the legend. Have we talked long enough? Yeah, we're good. Okay. 45 all right. minutes. All right. I mean, I can I mean, It's not going to be an hour and a half. We've, we've, <laughs> we've had our listeners punished by an hour and a half <laughs> podcast for like the last three weeks. Yeah, we so, want Roger, so, you we know, want Roger to be able to get through enough, a whole bucket of perch by the time he gets to the end. <laughs> yeah, well, 
Roger might have to replay this one because we don't. We're not going to get a, a whole. Bu- <laughs> this podcast length is shorter than a bucket of perch. <laughs> it is not a bucket. It's a half a bucket episode. That's how we're going to start measuring our. I think our we got a full length. bucket episode for you, boys. But boys full and girls. bucket today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so legend Jay. Um, This happened last weekend, so um, we had a neighbor's kind of like ice fishing trip up to the Red Door, my ice shack, right? Wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is a great place to bring people who don't fish all the time or bring kids because, you know, it's very accessible. It's not, you know, hardcore. You can maybe watch playoff football while you fish, right? And so we were up there. So we went up Saturday morning. And my ice shack had been left out from the weekend before. And so, you know, we're going up there. Everything's fine. And I pull up to my ice shack and, yeah, we had some water. Oh, no. How much ice did you have, Jeff? Well, so my ice shack was sitting on blocks. So about four inches of block. And it was above that. So I I got very lucky. It was above that, but it was below the bottom of the ice shack right oh, so God. so so nothing bad happened to the ice shack but it was very frozen in <laughs> it was very frozen in so luckily i don't know why it must have been like i must have known that i had to do this so i the week before i'd gone to harbor freight and bought a I hammer. Know, remember i talked did. to you about this we were on the phone and i'm like i need a new hammer because i broke my old hammer knocking out the but you, what was your old hammer jeff can you tell our listeners what your old hammer actually was it was a dead blow hammer, like filled Wait. with sand. <laughs> okay, go on. So so I broke it. But the bonus was I got a new one because Harbor Freight has a lifetime warranty. So I got a new dead blow hammer, and then I bought a real hammer. Okay, okay, good, good. And the real hammer was like a three pound on the end, and it has like a, I think it's called a rock hammer. It had a pointy end and then like a blunt end. But it only has like a two foot handle, right? It's like, it's not a sludge hammer. It's just tinier. But I had to use this hammer to knock out the ice enough to get my ice shack out. And and so that's what we did. And it was a mess because, like, there was ice on top. But then underneath there was, like, some water, right? It was liquid. So, like, you'd okay. hammer through the top layer, and then it would just splash at you. So I was covered covered in ice because it, it would splash at you and then freeze because it was, like, 10 below zero outside. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was a super big mess. On the plus side... These ice shacks are so tough. I chipped it out a little bit. We cranked it up and pulled it out, and it was all good, and we fished for the rest of the weekend. Did, didn't you have to get an assist from somebody? I thought I heard more of this story. I feel like you're giving us the soft version. Well, yes, there was, there was, a, there, there was a red door assist. So this is... Okay, tell the whole story. This is why it's good to be at a resort, right? So we got it out, and I got it up, but it was still... The wheels were like stuck in holes, right? Like they had kind of built holes in the ice, so it was really hard to get out. And my truck didn't have enough traction, so I had to call Red Door, and they helped me yank it out of there. Um, but that's the beauty of being at a resort is, you know, it took a little time, but they showed up with their big truck, cooked a chain, we were out, and it was no big deal. So it's yeah. really nice to have have support. And they've helped me many times. Last year it was really cold on on in February and my car wouldn't start and they came out and jumped my car and helped out. So, I mean, it's good to have a support system out there. 
Well, it sounds like they gave you good service too, so that's cool. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and that's that's why you support them, and they support you. I mean, I try to plan ahead. I try to have backups for my backups. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to phone a friend every now and then, and, and not actually have to phone a friend. Yes, phone <laughs> phone a guy with a three quarter ton truck with a V plow. <laughs> who, who really won't even mention it to your friends. So you're really on your own if you want to tell them about your stupidity or not. James is the one guy up there who... Uh, Sworn to secrecy. Yeah, he is. He he probably has more stories that I will not tell. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've we gotten... should get him on the show next year. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. He Wouldn't that be so a great stories. interview? It would totally be a great Yeah, interview. we're going to have to do that next year. Yeah, because you could just have him come into your into your shack and you could interview him right there. I see him the next time I have some stupid problem. You know, I'm sure I'll be calling him again to go, James, I need some help. So, yeah. That's awesome. Five. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye.